Do you like fantasy sports? If you're listening to this, we're sure you do. Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and get started on building your dynasty. Aw, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original Recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Elkafoss, and Akash Patel. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. I'm your host, Izzy Alcafas, filling in for Russ Fisher this week. I am joined by the ever-so-handsome Akash. Hello, what's up? What do you think of that? Was was that a better in- I mean... Yeah, better than one that ever uh, ever done by Russ. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. So, uh, like I said, this is 240, um, and we're just going to kind of jump into... I guess the biggest news of the week, you know, this is the toughest part of the offseason because it's the least active. Um, but we did have a trade of epic proportions, if you want to call that. Um, Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers for peanuts. And we talked a little bit pre-show. I think we're probably going to have a little bit of disagreement here. But talk to me about a couple things. One, did you did you have any expectation? Did you have any faith that Baker wouldn't get moved like were you 100% confident he was going to get moved or did you think that the Watson legal stuff was going to force him to stay there in a sense no I was 100% confident he was going to get moved it was they're going to pay him like 18 million to sit on the bench because there's no way he was playing for them with the relationship there shattered um Mm -hmm. there was no way I mean we saw what it had to take where the Browns had to eat some of his salary, and he got traded for peanuts, but there was no way he was staying there getting paid his full salary to do nothing. So he's gone now. Okay. And when there were tra- where did you think he was going to go? If you were going to bet, where did you think he was going to end up? Uh, Panthers, number one, and Seattle, number two. Okay. So now that he did land on Seattle or, or on the Panthers, were you doing anything to proactively go after Panthers players? Do you view Baker as a guy that, okay, well, the Panthers had what they had before. It was not good. Do you, did you then go out and say, okay, I'm going to go acquire some of these Panther players because I expect Baker to get moved there? Um, I mean, I've always been acquiring a player like DJ Moore just because I believe okay. in the talent. And Robbie Anderson has just been priced way, way down. I'm talking like 20th round of startup. So I've been taking him there because he earns targets at a pretty good rate, a startable rate. Um, so I've been buying, um, not solely because I expected Baker trade, but just because I expected something better than Sam Darnold. So I've been buying since the beginning of the off season. I've also been okay. buying Baker just because, like I said, I expected him to get moved. Some people didn't. And so I have a good amount of him. And I think his okay. stocks increased after this. So you got the, uh, you got the Carolina Panthers stack. That's going to take you places this year. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so t- tell me now. So what do you think of the Baker? To Panthers, how does that change your outlook for Robbie and DJ Moore? Helps though, because Sam Darnold's the worst starting quarterback in the league. Make an argument for Drew Locke being worse, but it's those two like uh, best buds at the bottom of the list of starting quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, since uh, this last year, Sam Darnold was 29th in EPA per play, and the only guys lower than him were rookies. We expect rookies to not be the best. But for a guy in his fourth year, that's absolutely horrible. And since he entered the league, he's last out of 33 quarterbacks with 1,000 dropbacks in EPA per play. He's just absolutely awful. Last in PFF passing grade, he was, I mean, every metric you look at, he's going to be at the bottom. That's like, there's a joke on Twitter that if your metric doesn't have Sam Darnold at the bottom, it's a bad metric. And that's true because he's so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how much better is Baker Mayfield to you? Like, is this enough to actually make DJ Moore, for you to get excited about DJ Moore? Like, is that big enough upgrade for you? 
I'm not jumping out of my seat. I'm not expecting him to be top five. I definitely think he still has that in his range of outcomes just because of volume. But it is a good small bump. I think Baker's uh, touchdown rate is in his career is better than any quarterback DJ Moore has had over his entire career. I'm talking like Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, uh, the shell of Cam Newton. It's just been horrible. And so that definitely helps. Definitely helps. Uh, DJ Moore in that regard and he's always been a player who's been good on a yardage basis where he's continuously having 1200 scrimmage yards a year yeah don't you think that touchdown rate though is directly tied to the fact that the Browns have a really good run game and less less attempts being peppered around by Baker Mayfield and then he gets into advantageous situations into scoring positions and then throws touchdown passes it's not like he's like this fantastic gunslinger he's just no, and it's not like his touchdown rate's amazing either. It's just that it's better right. than Darnold's. Right, but you, Darnold doesn't have Darnold never had the the supporting cast that Baker did. Like he didn't have the elite offensive line with the Jarvis Landry and OBJ, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Like he never had that. Right, but he was still bad. I mean, yeah, he was bad. It, this is kind I of I expect the touchdowns for the Panthers to go up last year. I think they have like how many did they have last year? Sam Darnold threw nine yeah, touchdowns he had last nine year. Last year. That's yeah. horrible. Oh, my God. That's absolutely awful. There's no way it doesn't go up. I don't think Baker changes that. No? All that much. I think, I think it's more of Christian McCaffrey being healthy more than it is Baker Mayfield. Because Baker Mayfield's been flat out. He's been horrendous. I, I, I'm really curious to see how he looks behind not a great offensive line. I mean, Carolina's not the worst in the league, but... They've made good ad- additions to it. Yeah. So, but... The Browns have been, have always surrounded him with a top third offensive line. I think the range of outcomes for Baker Mayfield is better than the range of outcomes for Darnold because Baker last year was pretty much the floor for Baker Mayfield, and he's been good before in in, in previous seasons. He, but he ha- he really hasn't. So in his four seasons, he had his one season in 2019 where both his receivers hit a thousand yards, right? Uh, I think so. Other than that, they've been in, in both of those. So OBJ, his worst catch percentage. So I link catch percentage to quality of targets that he's getting. No, that's kind of that's tough because it's it's really dependent on a dot. I mean that catch percentage is a really fluky stat. It's, well, okay. Well, Jarvis Landry. Then I mean, no matter both players. Well, OBJ had his worst catch percentage in the two years that he was in. Cleveland worse than any of his other. But I don't think of catch percentage as a, any telling stat. It's really fluky year to year. But then when you look at Jarvis Landry's, when you look at Jarvis Landry's, his is also the low. Actually, once he, in 2019, he had he didn't. But the other two seasons were his lowest. So like you have to look at that and you have to correlate that to one player. And not not only that, but OBJ had his worst part of his career in Cleveland. Yeah, I agree with that. And. And and Jarvis Landry was okay, but nothing to write home about. So, like, I don't see Baker Mayfield really changing much in Carolina. Like, you have to also realize, even though Sam Darnold sucks, DJ Moore, if Sam Darnold would have played a full slate of 17 games, DJ Moore would have had 1250-ish yards. His yards per game were significantly higher than than they were with Cam Newton. So he would have had north of 1,200 yards, maybe close to 1,300 yards. And that's better than any, and I get it, they a little bit more pass attempts, right? They're not just driven by the run game. But that's better than Baker Mayfield could ever do in Cleveland. So I don't think Baker's going to give DJ Moore really all that much of an upgrade, which it's, I think Baker Mayfield's just as bad I don't want to say just as bad as Sam Darnold, but he's pretty close to as bad as Sam Darnold. I think if you would have flipped Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield in their situations for their careers, I think Sam Darnold would have done what Baker Mayfield did and Baker Mayfield would have done what Sam Darnold did. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the thing where I said of the range of outcomes. I definitely think that Baker's floor is uh, is close. It's definitely above Sam Darnold, but his ceiling, I think, is definitely higher. Sam Darnold, since he's entered the league, has been the worst quarterback year after year. But uh, Baker in 2018 and 2020 has been good. So he's shown that in the past that he can be a serviceable quarterback. And so that's enough for me to steam it as an upgrade. Do you think Carolina's situation for Baker Mayfield is better 
than it was for Cleveland. So basically, the what, what I'm asking is, Baker's best season was that 2019 season. 2020. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna include the touchdowns because that is undoubtedly going to come down in Carolina. Would you agree with that? Um, from where? So last year he only he had. Well, no, not from last year, but from his 27, 26. I don't think that he's gonna yeah. throw. I mean, maybe in a 17 game slate he gets close. He could. To that, I but think he could. I'm looking at it just from a. Okay, let let's say 2020 is his best season. Do you think that he's going to outdo? 3,526 in Carolina. Yeah, I think he could just because of volume. I mean, they had a really low volume offense in Cleveland with the way that they split run versus pass attempts. And I definitely think with increased volume, he could uh, come closer, outdo that yardage. Okay. I can see where that could be the case just based on volume. I just don't think the volume is going to really be that. If Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, I don't know if that volume just gonna really we're gonna see a noticeable difference but yeah so your your arrows pointing up for baker mayfield and the rest of the carolina gang yeah okay so speaking of arrow pointing up for baker mayfield and quarterbacks are there any other quarterbacks across the league that you think will take that next step and elevate the guys around him yeah i mean i'm trying to find players that are really priced uh down relative to what they could be and my number one player for that would be Daniel Jones, just because he gets good points on the ground. He's, I think he's like sixth in rushing yards per game last year, a quarterback, but no one cares about him. So he's like a QB, low QB two, high QB three in ADP. And I, I think he's my most rostered quarterback right now, actually, because he's cheap and he rushes. So fits an archetype that I like, you know. Um, another what quarterback changes? there. Hmm? Like with Daniel Jones, what changes? Maybe nothing. I mean, okay, it's just that he'll give me points on the way down. And but if he is surprisingly good, then he has a pretty good ceiling with his rushing. But no, I, I, I'm not expecting him to be good. I'm just expecting him to give me points. So if he's not going to get any better, then how do you think that he's going to elevate? Like, why are you acquiring him if you don't think that he's going to improve as a player? I mean, it, giving you a rushing floor is one thing, but he's giving you a rushing floor as like a low-end QB2. High-end QB2. He was, a, he was QB14 uh, in points per game last year. I have QB17. Are you looking at a league that gives more, like any sort of, sort of bonuses for rushing? Um, I can recheck. I mean, I checked on Sleeper and like manually crossed out players who didn't play eight games, but... Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually at th- 1 through 17. I have him... That QB nineteen points per game, mm-hmm. and then if I go to week eighteen, I have him at seventeen in points per game, right around fifteen and a quarter. Okay, so Rotoviz actually has it at seventeen. He was twelve in his rookie year. He was a QB one in his rookie year. Isn't that something? Um, okay. Yeah. So if I take out Simeon and Foles, yes, then he is seventeen. So QB seventeen. Jameis too. Jameis uh, played seven games. Well, so did Daniel Jones though. He played what ten games? Eleven. I use eight plus, games. and Winston played seven, and Jones played eleven. Okay. But regardless, I mean, it's yeah, same yeah, idea. yeah, it's it's close. Yeah, so let's call it a mid QB two. Yeah, yeah, and he he is going like QB three ish. Yeah. So you're trying to get, and and this is kind of we've talked about this before. A mid guy scoring mid QB, it's not going to do anything for you. Like that's not going to get you anywhere. No, but the opportunity cost is. So low for him. I mean, it's either a, it's him scoring mid QB two points, or it's a backup running back, or it's a wide receiver five. Just between all mm-hmm. those guys, I'm taking the QB two. But regardless, talking about the him as well as the whole offense, I've I'm into at price. Except Kenny Galladay because Galladay doesn't have much room to increase in value. Where I think the other players do, Saquon, because of volume and the high end range of outcomes of him returning to form. Uh, where he's, if he's a workhorse, he's a, he has a top five, top one ceiling at running back. Wanda Robinson, very priced down relative to his profile, where he had a really good uh, production in college, but everyone cares about his height, so he's like a third rounder in rookie drafts. Kadarius Toney, uh, he's the one that I'm most skeptical on, but I definitely see the ceiling there. We had good yards per run in his uh, rookie season. Uh, all the other metrics were... 
kind of mediocre to okay, but definitely a player that can have a big increase in value just because he's flashy and people seem to like him. I mean, just from that one game, he shot up in value a lot where no one liked him to, um, I think his value was around like a late first after that 189-yard game last year and then kind of cooled off because he had a couple injuries, but definitely a player that could see a big spike in value. So I'm, I'm in on this whole offense, but it is for a couple different reasons. Okay. They, are, they all seem to be very priced down, though, relative to what I think the ceiling is. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you rather just at cost go after like a Jameis Winston? Uh, Jameis goes ahead, I believe, but I wouldn't. No. Not by much. No, I wouldn't. And why is that? Because like, Winston at least has given you a higher ceiling from a actual fantasy finish perspective, right? Fantasy points scored. Yeah, he was a QB. He was a QB one in 2019, like with league leading yep. volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, but and he's and been as a, a rookie, two, I believe he was pretty close. Been a QB two for vast majority of his career. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think he's a long term starter. I don't like people. People. Uh, I don't know, I've seen some people overrate his job security. Yeah, but don't you think Daniel Jones doesn't have that? No, does, I don't does think Daniel he does Jones either. Does Daniel Jones have job security? If if he goes out and does what he and does not progress as a quarterback, do we really think that he has job security? No, I don't think he does. I think right. It's, so we gotta. So that's not. So we can't use that as a reason to negate Jameis Winston because Daniel Jones has the same concern. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that people put him up ahead because they think he has more job security, but I think it should be even. Okay. And the points from them should be considered about the same. I mean, mid QB two output. Um, but in ADP, I do really think that um, Jameis goes higher, but I'd have to check. Okay, so Jameis, in his three seasons where he played 16 games, he finished with 275 points, 256 points, and 305 points. If I look at what that was for quarterbacks last year, and this is this is 17, yeah, so this is looking at from a 17-week perspective, his worst QB finish would be QB 12 of those three seasons where he played 16 games. Um, I have him at QB 8 in points per game in 2019 and QB 11 in 2017 Okay, in points yeah. per game. But so, other than that, he never was never a QB 1. What about in 2015? Uh, QB 18 in points per game. The thing about 16 games and saying um, this is where he was because you're going to get Wait. a high. Your 2015, he scored 17.2 points per game. How was he? He was QB 18. Yeah, in points per game, he was. How are there eight? How are there 17 other quarterbacks scoring over 17 points per game? Because last year, 17 points per game on average puts you at QB 13. And it's not like there was more. Unless 2015 was like this wild year. Maybe it was. You may have the stats pulled up. I mean, I can check, but... Here, hold on. Let, let's do a little spot check. All right, bet. 2015 quarterbacks. Um, uh, Jameis Winston, points per game, QB 14. Yeah. Okay. So he's QB 14. Eli Man- So he was QB 14 at 17.24 points per game. Eli Manning was QB 10 at 17.95. So it was pretty tight, and then there was a little bit of a drop-off there. Mm-hmm. Um, checking right now. Cam Newton MVP season was number one. Then it was Brady, Breeze, Russ, Blake Bortles. Hell yeah. Carson Palmer, Big Ben, Rogers, Tyrod Taylor, uh, getting there on the back of rushing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, Marcus Mariota, Josh McCown, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then Jameis Winston. McCown played eight games, and so he barely fit in. And so, if you want to excuse him, then Winston will jump That's all the weird. way up to QB seventeen. Yeah, I have Josh McCown at sixteen and a half points per game in that season versus Jameis's seventeen point two four. But let's call it let's call it a mid QB two. Yep. Okay. So his worst, fine. So out of the three seasons that he played, two of them were QB ones, and one of them was a mid QB two. Um, 
but pretty close to a QB1 in points per game. I think he wasn't that far off. Mm-hmm. Where Daniel Jones hasn't been close to being a QB1. He was a QB1 in his rookie season. Oh, I guess, yeah. So his rookie season was a QB1. But technically, he's been a QB1 as recently as Jameis has. How about that? <laughs> right now in ADP, Jameis Winston goes two rounds ahead. Jameis goes two, but in, in Dynasty ADP? Yeah. Okay, what rounds are they going in? Winston's going at uh, pick 98, and Jones is going at pick 123. You know, it's interesting from a trade perspective. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones goes for more than Jameis Winston. That is interesting. Jameis, uh, I've seen Jameis for a uh, pretty reliably go ahead in startups I'm doing. But Jameis is going in the early ninth round, and Daniel Jones going in the mid-11th. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we're looking at about a couple round, yeah, a couple round difference. Yeah. But then looking around him, like guys like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, I mean, out of all of those guys, the player I'd expect the highest out from, output from is Daniel Jones. And he's also the player I'd, I'd attribute the highest ceiling to because of rushing. Interesting. I like, I'm the exact opposite. I'd rather have, outside of, do you say Carson Wentz was in that list? Yeah. See, I'd rather have Davis Mills in Dynasty, Jared Goff in Dynasty. Matt Ryan, I think, has a better season. I don't know if I'd rather have him in Dynasty just because I'd rather gamble on Daniel Jones because yeah, Matt where Ryan's I'm at. like 37. Yep, that's where I'm um, at too. Jameis Winston, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm off the Daniel Jones train. We disagree there. Um, yeah, Mills is an interesting one because I think people think he was good as a rookie, but he, he wasn't. I mean, he had like a couple of good games, but a lot of rookies have a couple of good games. He was a third rounder without much job security. I mean, and he wasn't a very good prospect either because he was a third rounder. So there's a very good chance he just goes out there and it's bad and gets Gardner Minshew. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So do you, you're not a big team context guy. Like every time we talk, you kind of ignore team context. Do you not put any consideration to the fact that the Houston Texans were a complete shit show, one of the worst offenses in the league and Davis Mills as a rookie still looked respectable? Like strip the numbers away for a second. Um, no, he didn't look respectable. I mean, he, he did you do you watch do you watch the games? There are some analysts that don't watch football. I watch Red Zone, so if he makes a good play, it shows up there. But I try to eliminate that from what I think about players because that's just a lot of selection bias. I mean, if you only see the good plays, okay. So so keep going on your point. So you didn't think they had a good season despite the context. So even with the context considering of Houston being the worst offense in the league. Yeah, I mean, last year he had, let's check what is, uh, what, the, what the metrics say. He was um, PFF pass grade. He was 25th out of 30 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. EPA per play, he was um, 28th out of 31 quarterbacks. He was really bad. Yeah, but that's, once again, that's not, dude, that's not, <laughs> that's not taking into consideration his offense is it does pff will, mm-hmm. are they stripping it down to that i don't know how p i don't know how pff comes up with their grades they try to i mean they do an okay job it's hard to like remove everything like it's hard to just do the player individually but that's what they're attempting to do i mean there's some there will be some collinearity with um like his wide receivers for example but it does a pretty good job i mean the the reason that, I mean, he shows up at the bottom of those metrics and he wasn't a very good prospect, so I'm not expecting him to take a leap. I'd be a lot more into him if he was a good prospect. Like Zach Wilson, they're pretty much like both at the bottom of the list. Same with Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. They're all down there. It's just that we all expect. And I think you agree that we'd expect them to take a leap because of the level of prospects they were, right? We have a lot more confidence in them. Where are you talking about the prospects? Because when Davis Mills came out of, high school no that's he was the number one no, that's a recruit i'm talking about like in the nfl draft no right. was definitively to... behind those guys he was a third rounder you could make the leap though him being a five-star quarterback he was the number one quarterback prospect coming out in his class i think jeff Driscoll was a number uh, was a five-star quarterback i mean doesn't really help him in the NFL. Yeah, I, I get that i get but it's not like davis mills was like just some random nobody that got drafted in the third round had a decent season no, like, he wasn't 
he wasn't a nobody. He was a third rounder. I mean, that's something for the NFL. It's it's yeah. something. It's just that expecting him to take a leap for third rounder. I mean, pretty much everything after the first round is iffy. Even the back half of the sec- of the first round is iffy. For a third rounder, I don't think the prospects are very high. I think it's very a simple equation. Like we're talking about risk reward here. In this, in the, where we're drafting these players, like Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston, all these guys, we kind of already know where all of these guys are. Like they all come with massive risks long term. Like none of these guys are safe. So, like Jared Goff, we already know what he is. Jameis, we know what he is. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, we know what they are. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna. They're not gonna ever take you to that next level. They're not gonna generate enough value to flip. They're not gonna do anything for your roster. They're not gonna win you a championship. I don't think Davis Mills, after his rookie season, is giving me any confidence that he's going to do that. But I look at it very simply. He was a five-star prospect, so he had the potential coming into college. He may have not had the greatest college career, but there were expectations at some point that he'd be a first-round quarterback. He didn't have the best season before he entered the draft. And then he went into the third round. And then went to the worst team in the league. And as a rookie, he showed he was very respectable. And it was like a poise thing. He looked poised. He did not look like a rookie. Like if you watch the games and he looked like a he looked like he belonged in the NFL. And I don't know if he's going to be a starting French head quarterback moving forward. But if we're talking about risk reward here, I'd much rather the risk is very little. And I'm now I'm just looking at what the reward is. So I want whatever the reward is with with Davis Mills because he gives me what is a the higher reward? reward potential. What's that? He had like three rush yards per game last year. What's the reward here? Just him being a good quarterback, a quarterback like what Matt Ryan's been in his career, a quarterback like what Matt Stafford's been in his career. Like there are quarterbacks in this league. That- Those guys with like pinnacle of the pinnacle of the league volume in today's NFL would be low end QB ones, and that's the very ceiling. Like, like Kirk Cousins. What's what's wrong with Kirk Cousins? He's a low end QB one. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just okay. that he has a pretty right. low ceiling. He's a that's his his best is a low end QB one. I mean, I mean his be- okay. So so but I would I'm telling you like I don't think these other guys long term will give you Kirk C- like we know that they're not Kirk Cousins level. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills could be. So I'd rather just take what could be as opposed to knowing what I have, which is a mid to low QB two with likely losing their job. So I would rather have the the two in the bush, even because the one in the hand is half dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you kind of see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I understand. I just don't. That's see. That's how I look at this Davis Mills thing. Even Tannehill, like Tannehill's a fine quarterback. Tannehill's a fine quarterback. Baker Mayfield, whatever. I just give me Davis Mills. I I know what those other guys are. The, so uh, the upside of the unknown is appealing, but I think you're attributing too much upside to it relative to the other guys. I mean, the other guys also have the upside of, well, anything's possible. And so that's not, that's like that, that small percentage chance is not that much less than the small percentage chance that Davis Mills is actually a long-term starter isn't actually good. So when Dak Prescott broke out, you liked Dak Prescott because his advanced metrics were decent? When he was a rookie? Yeah, and Russell Wilson, at least, the, the, yeah, their, their advanced rookies, metrics were, were decent. Yeah, I mean, at a PFF passing grade for Russell Wilson as a rookie was a insane. Yeah, he was absolutely he was really, phenomenal as a rookie. He was like 87 PFF passing grade. Dak Prescott had an 80. Davis Mills had a 59. What about Jalen Hurts? No, he was a really bad passer, too. I mean, but he rushes, so it's okay. So did you fade Jalen, but he rushed, so you liked him? I mean, not relative price, because... People already baked into his price, like moving up really high because he rushed. But um, mm-hmm. if he was priced where, like, if it was priced lower to like where Davis Mills, then that'd be in because he rushes. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. No, I get it. Rushing's not there for Davis Mills. I don't think he has job security. He's a third round quarterback. He could easily replace. Texans are going to suck this year, right? I mean, we both agree on that. Yeah. It really comes down. Yeah. It really comes down to is Davis Mills a good quarterback or not? We're not sure yet. Right, there's still TBD. You you think he's gonna suck? I think that there's a chance that he's gonna be good, and if he's good enough, that he's not gonna get replaced. The here here's another testament to how they feel about Davis Mills. They didn't do anything. They didn't bring in like an extra body. 
that could push him. They didn't bring in any like flyer quarterback in the draft. They didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, Gardner Minshew was benched for Jake Luton, right? And Mike Lennon. So I wouldn't put yeah. that, put anything past them. I don't know who their QB2 is for the Texans, but if Dave Mills is bad enough, then he could get benched too. Nothing. Yeah, if he's bad enough. But I, I'm, I'm just talking about it from there, obviously. And kind of talking about oh, these quarterbacks. Oh, they brought in Kyle Allen. Nice. Okay, That's Kyle the, Allen. So He has starting experience. He has as much starting experience as Davis Mills does. He does. <laughs> okay, so I Kyle Allen. I wouldn't put past the Texans. You know, they could easily okay. start Kyle Allen. Okay, so Kyle Allen, like QB3, through, QB three somewhere else, <laughs> is the threat. So yep. we had talked about this as like, who do we think is going to take the next level? So I kind of segued into Davis Mills because I think that if it's a good I'm conversation gambling, to have. I mean, people are definitely talking about it. If I'm gambling in this range, I'm gambling on Davis Mills over those other guys for the reasons mentioned. And, and I get why where you're coming from, but I, I'm going to roll the dice on on Davis in that in that tier of players. Who else do you got? Um, yeah, I get where, get where you're coming from. In that range of quarterbacks, I'm really just like not expecting anything long term. I'm just looking at who's going to give me the most points. But I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm into Zach Wilson at cost because God, you said that you said that with so much pain. Like you have no faith in that. No, you gotta, I, you I gotta said go it... back and do that again. All right, all right, again. It was a reluctant. It was a reluctant Zach Wilson. Right now, Zach Wilson is being priced at his floor. Yeah, there you go. That's the podcaster voice. That's um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pretend he was good as a rookie, but he was a good prospect. He was drafted second overall was a good passer in college, and so there's definitely a possibility for him to take a leap. He, they've been surrounding him with good weapons, um, and so everything's there for him. He just needs to deliver. I think he can, and the ceiling, if he does, is possibly second-round startup value, maybe first if he's really, really good. But I definitely think yeah. that it's um, it's a great bet to increase your uh, market value of your team. So you're, you're very analytically driven. Yep. Okay. So I am not as analytically driven. I will try to with analytics I have a hard time because context is removed so much. So I try to put an emphasis on like just like the little things that you see and I do look at the analytics to kind of if it's really bad then I okay, can you justify this versus that and so on and so forth. You don't necessarily do that, but Zach Wilson from an advanced analytics perspective wasn't great no he wasn't i agree with that so why if if so relative to davis mills where is zach wilson rated in those pff grades and all those analytic grades because i know davis mills was bottom five bottom six quarterback in most of those yeah i mean zach wilson was like bottom three so he was worse analytically than Davis Mills. That's right, but I would still take so, him. So, so we just because of the uh, um, you're driving me crazy. No, because of his prospect profile and his draft capital, I think it's a lot more job security because of his draft capital okay. and the prospect level that he was. I have a lot more confidence in him making that leap. Okay, but we have seen it. We can go over and over and over how many prospects with great profiles were shit in the NFL. Like we have that. Um, yeah, that's true. But a lot of quarterbacks okay. who were who turned out good were also bad as rookies. Like Kyler Murray, uh Josh Allen, Lamar but Jackson. Bad? Pretty bad. I mean How bad? Like bottom three? Yeah, I mean uh Kyler Murray as a rookie had a sixty one PFF passing grade. Uh Josh mm-hmm. Allen had a fifty eight, Lamar Jackson had a fifty nine. And what was Zach Wilson's? Uh Zach Wilson was fifty five. Okay, so just a... they're all they're all bottom of the uh, yeah they're all mm-hmm. bottom of the of the list. I mean, okay, so it's just draft capital basically between Davis Mills and Zach Wilson. That's and then the fact that Zach Wilson can run a little bit. Yeah, he had a three point three mm-hmm. um, rushing points per game last year. I think Mills mm-hmm. had to be below one. Yeah. So yeah, there's something there. I mean, I wouldn't define Zach Wilson as. Ultra Konami, but I think he's definitely a scrambler, like a burrow level of um of rushing. And so that's good enough. I mean, I think he's like burrow uh Herbert level of yep. rushing. And so that's good enough. It's I mean, if he can enough. if he can yeah. put together good passing, it puts him into a mid QB one territory. If he puts together really good passing, he he can be like a Mahomes uh Herbert. Definitely don't think he has a cap ceiling. Yep. 
would you take Zach Wilson definitively ahead of like Kenny Pickett? Yes, I would. Okay. Do you think Zach Wilson does enough to carry two two receivers? Like, can he support Garrett Wilson and and Eli Moore? I mean, it's I'm just betting on a range of outcomes here where the the high end range of outcomes is really good. I think the median range of outcome is isn't anything special, but when you look at the high end range of outcomes, that's really what you want to be aiming for. You want to be like looking at who has the highest range of outcomes, and that offense has a really high range of outcomes. And the thing about Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall to some extent, but less because he's not a receiver, is um, that their value doesn't have to be dependent on good QB play to go up because they're still young and they still carry a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. quote unquote like sexiness. Like if Elijah Moore is a wide receiver two next year, his value is going to go up. And if Garrett Wilson's a wide receiver three next year, his value is going to go up. Yeah. Yep. This is this is the Bateman Marquise Brown conversation we had from a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Um, So with with those two receivers, who are you betting on to be the wide receiver one? Elijah. Yeah, I'm actually with you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's partly just because I, I some people disagree with me on this, but I, I think there are similar levels of prospect. And um, I would definitely bet on a year two player having a bigger role than a year one player, unless the year one player is a Jamar Chase level of prospect. And that's not where I see Garrett Wilson at. Yeah, I tend to agree with you too on that. So in this in this tier, I I think we talked about this a little bit. I think it's Mac. I think Mac Jones. That's interesting. I knew you were going to say that, but I also I actually prefer Zach Wilson above Mac Jones just because of that high end range of outcomes. Yeah, I, I I am not more confident that Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a this is the ceiling that may never be reached only because Zach Wilson can, like you had said, move a little bit. Yeah. Right, he can get you three, four hundred yards on the ground in a season, and I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Mm-hmm. Right, maybe even five hundred if things break the right way. Yeah, Mac Jones, I don't see that happening. So there, the ceiling is capped for Mac Jones. He would need to be in the elite of the elite quarterback arm talent wise to be a QB one. To be well, to be a high QB, I think he'll be a Q, I think he'll be. Once again, Kirk Cousins isn't an elite of elite, and he's a QB one. Matt I mean, Stafford, Stafford is an elite quarterback. Yeah, Stafford was 11th in points per game last year, and he rushed pretty much the same amount as Mac. Yeah, yeah. Like, Mac, like Stafford led the league in passing points per game, and he was still a QB 11 in points per game because he rushes at a Mac Jones level. And so yeah, even if yeah. he is the best passer in the league, I don't think he gets higher than a low QB one. So do you have any... Any shares of quarterbacks that are young that are not runners? Um, I don't think so. Like you don't like so any quarterback that ever comes into the NFL that doesn't, doesn't rush, run, you're out. No, yeah, I'm. I'd pr- be pretty out on them, especially in today's NFL. Maybe five years ago it'd be different, but right now, it's just not the case. But even even now, I think QBs are a lot more mobile than they were years ago, and that's contributed to. Uh, to needing a Russian quarterback because so many more QBs just add something. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like years ago, maybe you get like less than one points per game from like a Drew Brees type, but now like Herbert Mahomes are adding like two to three, maybe even four points per game on the ground. And so that's enough to yep. that you need it to really reach the upper echelon. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my our our philosophies are so different in how we go after players and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So you're you're looking at it from a this guy doesn't run so I don't want him. You're isolating yourself from the 11 other owners essentially in your mindset, which is okay. I mean yeah, you're just kinda. looking at it saying I want this player to do this and then if he does that then I'm sitting pretty. How I look at it is I try to consider how I can take advantage of the 11 other owners in a way. So I look at it and say who am I going to be grabbing at this spot that I'm confident the most confident in that will increase value enough for me to have a decision to make whether I want to keep player X or move him. I'm the same way. It's just that it's a lot easier to move a player when they rush at the quarterback it, position it just because they give you more points. I mean, relative to price, I mean, I, ne- I won't be out on everyone who doesn't rush. Like Jared Goff at QB, like probably like QB 24, QB 30 
wherever he's going. Yeah, we have met twenty six. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine for a Dyka. I mean, I'll have some of them just because he is a starter who's really really cheap. And so even though he doesn't rush, it's just he has a good offensive line. His weapons are pretty good. And so yeah, I'll take him. But it really just depends on the price. Like right now, like a like Derek Carr creeping up into like top four rounds super flex is something I'm not interested in because he doesn't rush. He doesn't give you QB one points unless he has really good passing season, which definitely possible. It's just, I'm not going to bet on it. It hasn't happened since 2016. So we talked a little bit about this. You said Jared Goff and he's worth, he's, he's not. So this is where the longer a player plays, the less they move. Yeah. Right. We can agree on that. So, a player six years into his career, the the previous five seasons will outweigh what a player does in that sixth year. So Jared Goff, even if Jared Goff goes out and puts up a low QB1 season, he's mm-hmm. still not going to jump from 29 to a top 15 dynasty quarterback. He'll need to do that for multiple years in a row, right? No, but that's, a, that's okay because I'll just have him on my roster giving me QB1, that QB1 season. But, at pr- yeah, at price of QB29, I'll take a low QB1 season, even if it doesn't move his market value. That's still adding value to my team in points. But we saw Jared Goff in a exotic offense that was brand, like it was just, it was a, it was ahead of its time for a brief period. And Jared Goff still didn't show, like he had a good season. He had a good yeah, couple he had a good, seasons. Yeah, he was good. But, but that's gone. He's on the Lions now. Yeah, now he's on the Lions, and he—I think it's a stretch to assume that he's going to be able to take this team and dominate in a way where he does enough because he doesn't run to be a low-end QB one for his value to rise. So, like, I look at that and say, well, Jared Goff is quarterback twenty-nine. There's no opportunity. There's no real opportunity for a flip, a significant flip. I would be lucky to acquire Jared Goff for a second and get a 23 first unless it's a team that is desperate at quarterback that's a contender and they will send me a late 23 first for jared goff that's yeah that's kind of the best case scenario would you agree with that yeah yeah i mean that is best case scenario but at his price so low um unless he's not starting his price is pretty much stagnant or increasing right because he's the cheapest starter in the nfl right now in terms of dynasty value where is Desmond Ritter relative to Jared Goff? Like neck and neck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we have him neck and neck as well. I wanted to see what ADP was. So I look at it very simply. Desmond Ritter, as soon as he hits the field, will be significantly more valuable than Jared Goff. Because he rushes. Yes. Well, yeah. And the fact that he's got a like as soon as he gets announced the starter, he'll be more valuable than Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I have some Desmond Ritter because he rushes. Um, same with Marcus Mariota. I have some of both of them because they, it's either one of them starting and they rush. And yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that take. I, I like it. Uh, but Ritter, I don't know if he has the best job security, but job security at that point, who cares? Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, he'll give you points. It's just, I don't know what you flip him for because his, his value, if he starts for like a full season, and I don't think he'll be a very good quarterback, but if he just gets points from rushing, I don't think his value increases that much. I think you like you leap from like QB thirty one ranges to like low twenties, like or Daniel Jones is right now, and from like no job security plus rushing. It's I don't know. Like between them, I definitely see the ceiling for Desmond Ritter. It's just I don't know. At price, both of them are appealing because they both have chance of scoring points at QB. Yeah, Desmond Ritter is the would be the shiny new thing getting the starting job he's got the rushing you know floor that you like yeah and he doesn't need to be great as long as he's the starter next year like he could be just decent and he'll he'll skyrocket as far as yeah those three out of those three third round quarterbacks i prefer him the most because i definitely think that Tannehill's the best quarterback um that's like in front of those guys Mm -hmm. and so willis Chance to see him in the field, I think, is a lot lower. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Baker trade really hurts Corral's chances of getting on the field. But Ritter, I think, has a shot. And so he could definitely increase in value. I, I definitely 
think Desmond Ritter at price is a it's a pretty good bet just because of this uh, value is going to be good with the rushing. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, let me ask you a question: Kenny Pickett or Ryan Tannehill in Dynasty? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I think I had to make this decision in a startup uh, last week, and I passed on both of them for like a, for what? like a skill position. I think Marquise Brown. I wish Marquise Brown would fall <laughs> to like the seventh <laughs> round. I play with too many. This league's like a uh, full of people who like think the same as me, and so I wasn't able oh, to. The worst. Yeah, you, Marquise Brown went in like the fifth round, but uh, I passed on both of them for like Antonio Gibson or something. Oh, dude! I don't know. Dude, killing me. All right, but let's say you didn't pass. You had to take one. Who are you taking? I think I'm gonna take. Pick it, but that's really tough. They're back. They should be back to back. They are right now in ADP. Yeah, but we yeah. same thing that you're thinking of Pickett having the higher value ceiling. Definitely think his floor is lower, but you know that's fine. I mean, yeah, assuming absolutely. normal range of outcomes, you can't have a higher ceiling without a lower floor. And if so, yeah. you're just wildly mispriced. Yeah. All I'm doing is collecting data in my mind for later on when I can just use this against you. Oh yeah. Future, How so? so? Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to find. Wow. holes in your philosophy so then i uh, well, that's the you. whole point of that's the whole point of debates and getting this is to be able to poke holes in whatever the other person's thinking right so this is just Damn. data gathering <laughs> <laughs> um is there anybody else from a quarterback perspective that you think takes the next jump and then will also elevate his peers um it's, it's really tough i think trey lance but that's kind of priced in like i'm Good with buying Trey Lance because I do expect him to be a good quarterback in fantasy. And then I also think he could be a very good quarterback in real life. But him elevating his, his peers is as price, like him as a quarterback has priced the weapons down when I think we have an idea mm-hmm. that all three are good. And so I'm interested in buying all three of those weapons because we know they're good players and I'm just betting on the talent to prevail. Trey Lance absolutely yeah. has good uh, QB in his range of outcomes, and so uh, their value would all increase if that was to be the case, obviously. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like your the quarterback philosophy that you have, and I guess the future of the NFL might be all running quarterback bills. You don't really make it mm-hmm. um, unless you're transcendent as a passer. Is right, yeah. Just because they're good and they take the next level doesn't mean the players around them get better. Yeah, because for they're, yeah for rushing, it's yeah, it's really like. Rushing just adds so much more value to the NFL team in terms of what they can do with a quarterback. So definitely think the future yep. is all rushing. I mean, we see we saw like uh, Mac Jones maybe ten years ago with he could have gone like top five or top one in the NFL draft, but because he doesn't rush, I mean, people like NFL teams oh, care Mac about Jones. that. Um, they think they care about the added uh, aspect to their offense, and so he went fifteenth, and so. Definitely think the future yeah. of the NFL is rushing quarterbacks. We've seen it over the last five years, ten years, uh, ever since Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton was one of the pioneers. Before that, it was like McNabb and and Vic. Um, but yeah, definitely think that yeah. right now it's, it's like all the top quarterbacks except for Brady and and maybe Rodgers if he doesn't take a step back with Devontae. All of them rush to some degree. Okay, let's uh, shift gears. I want to like kind of look at a couple of potential trades like there there were a couple trades on twitter that i pulled that were specific to these quarterback segments in these ranges and kind of going back to just a you know 20 minutes ago 30 minutes ago with baker mayfield i'm going to give you two questions here and both of these polls finished 50 50 baker mayfield or matt ryan and baker mayfield or ryan Tannehill. um i would take baker over Matt Ryan and I take Tannehill over Baker. Tannehill okay. rushes more than a lot of people think. So rushing output from them similar. I think Tannehill's a better passer. Um I'd give job security to Tannehill, market value to Tannehill. But but Ryan just doesn't rush, has not been a good passer the last couple of seasons. Um I don't even think his weapons are that good. I mean the offensive line Everyone loves Indy's offensive line, but uh, the volume probably yeah. is bad with uh, Jonathan Taylor pretty much being the engine of the offense there. So yeah, it's Ryan, an age thing. I mean, Ryan's really not very appealing for uh, as as far as like 
quarterbacks go. That volume I, uh, plus weapons. You're disloyal AF. I know. I'm wearing a Falcons hoodie right now. Maybe I'm just mad he left us. It's, but the second Julio left up. us, he just started sucking. So you never know. Maybe we're just uh, elite at moving off from guys at the right time. We moved on from Mohamed yeah, Sanu for a second rounder. <laughs> and he did like he yeah. had like 100 total yards for the Patriots before getting cut. We're just good. But yeah, I don't... Fair yeah, Matt Ryan at 37 yeah. is not that appealing to me in Dynasty because, you know, like, square your mentality, no value upside, and then my mentality is also no value upside, but my mentality is also no yeah. point upside, and so. Yeah, and that's where I disagree. I think neither, neither, all three of these guys don't have value upside, but Matt <laughs> Ryan will give you the most points. So that's kind of how I view it. I think he will give you the most points this year. Um, but I might be wrong, but that's kind of my my take on it let's shift gears let's get off the quarterbacks real quick let's rip through a couple trades this one i'm actually i want to talk about this one because i wholeheartedly disagree with twitter on this and how close it is um in the context of the league format but 10 team super flex ppr one and a half tight end premium i don't know why, why that necessarily is in here but i guess maybe for the first uh dk or gabe davis in a mid to late 23 first I'm um, taking DK. Why? In a in the Cliff Notes version. I'm not that high on Gabe Davis. I don't think he's gonna give you a output that a lot of people are expecting. And then, really, a big believer in DK's talent. I mean, the situation's pricing him down right now, but I think he definitely has elite top five in his range of outcomes still. I simply look at it. A ten team league. I'm taking the. I'm trying to in ten team leagues. Ten you want to stack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the ten team league, you want to stack the the best player. Yeah. Yeah. So I, in a twelve team league, I think this is a coin flip. I can go either way. I I love Gabe Davis, so I'd probably take Gabe Davis in the first. But in a ten team league, I'm taking DK. Like there's Gabe Davis in a ten team league, he would need to have a really big jump to be startable. Yeah. To to be yeah, well not to be start to make a real significant difference in a ten teamer, um, because he's likely like you said he's likely. In his current state, he's likely on the bench. Once you get to a 12-teamer, now he becomes a flex play where you want that boomer bust potential. In a 10-team, I don't know if he necessarily makes it, and he'd need a bigger jump to actually make a difference over the rest of the teams. Um, and the mid to late first is nice, but I look at DK. You already have the guy that could give you that weekly advantage already on your roster. Oh, and just, just to give you some context, it was 52 to 48 on that DK Gabe Davis trade. Wow. Slightly to DK. Wow. So pretty nice. close. Give you another close one. This one's 54 to 46. I'll give you who's the favorite in this one, but 0.25 points per carry, one PPR. Cam Akers and Chase Edmonds or Antonio Gibson and CEH? Um, Akers. Damn, a lot of only running backs. That's crazy. Yep. But yeah, you take Akers. I'm surprised. I would have guessed you were going to say Gibson. Maybe you hate really? CH that much, right? I hate Gibson that much. You just drafted Gibson ahead of Pickett and Tannehill. In the eighth round. In the eighth round. I actually looked at it wrong, and I drafted them. I drafted Gibson after. But the player I drafted ahead was Hawkinson, which okay. I hated. In a, in a premium? Yeah, tight end premium. Okay. Uh, it can, it can, you can justify it that. It was in the seventh okay. round, which is way after his market value. Yeah. So I felt like I'm uh, just capitalize on that. Yeah. I'm okay with that one. Um, so go ahead. So you don't like Gibson? No, I are don't. you? But you're not a Cam Akers fan either. No, I'm not. But I think. It, Do you yeah, like any of these players? I like Edmonds at price when his price is really low, and Ch is whatever to me. I mean, I see like the appeal of him of leading carries and leading RB targets in a good offense, but don't see him being good. I don't know. I just, but I think a lot of people think that way, and that's why his price is lower. But I would prefer, okay. I, like, the best player in that trade, I think, is Akers, and then Ceh versus Edmonds, probably similar output. And so, definitely, I don't know. <laughs> I hate running backs, and so uh, I don't know. But I like Akers. There. I definitely think he has the best ceiling of these guys. Gibson is really, really shafted by. Arby's around him where he has Gibson to take away passing work and the, not sorry, he has McKissick to take away passing work and mm-hmm. then he also has Brian Robinson Brian to Robinson. take away could take away goal line work, could take away a good chunk of like overall work. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree with you too. I'm I'm taking the Cam Akers side here in a quarter point per carry. I think he's more likely to receive a bulk of the carries in the offense relative to the other yeah, guys. So I agree, yeah. that kind of drives it for me. Yep. Last one before we wrap up. Do you want to do a, a trade involving rookies or a trade involving veterans? You pick. <laughs> um, rookies. I think rookies makes for better content. Okay. Juju and Olave in a half PPR league. Juju and Olave or London in a 23 second. Hmm. I think this is a pretty good trade from a value from a value perspective. Yeah, it is. I think go London. I go London. London in a 23 second. Yeah. That's definitely definitely interesting though. I guess it's pretty homer. I should probably shouldn't have given you the homer one. <laughs> no, nah, it's okay. If London had been drafted by like Jets or something, I still would have taken him. As long as he's like a top. He was a wide receiver one going in, right? Yeah, he was. And so definitely like him the most. And so obviously attributing highest upside to him, having over Olave. And so like swapping Juju for a second doesn't. I mean, it's, I prefer Juju, but it doesn't really make that big of a difference for me when I'm moving yeah. uh, to London, who I think that has a higher ceiling. And like I'd attribute like the higher, highest median outcome because I think he's a better prospect. Yeah. What are you hearing? You being an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm sure you're kind of in tune. What are you hearing about London so far? Uh, I don't know if I'm more in tune than anyone else in the fantasy community. I mean, I follow the same people. I don't really follow the okay. Falcons beat reporters like more than any other teams. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't just, know if you're just like that big of a <laughs> Falcons fan. I just expect him to be good because he's a good prospect. So, Do you have any concerns about the fact that he couldn't stay healthy in college? No, I don't. He had what one injury? Uh, he missed time every single season. He only missed time in his. He didn't miss time in his second season. It was his first season. I don't remember if he had an injury, but I think he just missed time because of basketball. Um, could have sworn I saw. But even so, I wouldn't really care that much about um, injury history, even if he was hurt in his freshman season. It doesn't bother you? No, it doesn't. Yeah, he missed. Yeah, he only had the ankle fracture in 2021, according to uh, Draft Shark's injury history. But yeah, I mean, it's just if that's just that one injury, I believe. And so it doesn't really matter that to me. I mean, not like he repeatedly tore his ACL like some player. Is that a shot at Darius, guys? Nah, Zamir White. Just kidding. But just yeah, kidding. same thing. <laughs> um,. Yeah, so you're, you're going to take a shot at a late second round dynasty pick? That's right. Zamir White's just overrated. I'll take my straw, man. Yeah. Well, you can't be overrated as a late second. Yes, I mean, you can. You can. Uh, you can. Dude. <laughs> well, you're, hold, you're holding a grudge against Zamir. I know. I just don't like him. Just... Talk, about, talk about great prospect. He was one of the best. That's right. Fourth round rookie. No, I'm talking about coming out of uh, high school. Yeah. I was I would say so is Davis Mills, but we already know how you feel about him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I like I like highly um highly ranked recruits when they get drafted highly in the NFL draft. But I just like every player who gets drafted highly in the NFL draft. Yeah. Yep. No, I get it. You're you're fa- you're fading, you're prioritizing draft capital, which I, I totally get. There's just Yeah. I think you excuse other deficiencies because of draft capital and you dismiss other potentials because of draft capitals for the lower drafted players. I yes. think it's too yeah, draft capital I think you're too 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 fixated on it. Draft yeah. capital captures yeah. a lot of things. Like everything like every everyone that watches film, like for scouting departments and stuff, that all gets factored into draft capital. So it, it does a pretty good job of capturing that. As well as um, what teams think of a player, like if they draft a player highly, they're more likely to give him more opportunities. Uh, whereas drafted late, you're not going to have as many opportunities to succeed, like given as many chances. And so that's a big part. As well as players that might not might have some deficiencies, like a player like Jahan Dotson, who was a late breakout uh, senior, but he was a first rounder, and so that's definitely something where to make me where I'm interested in him at price. I'm not higher than the market, but I don't think I'm that much lower than the market. Relative to like a, yeah. a Damian Pierce in the early second where he was a fourth rounder. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's 
guaranteed to be given any chances to compete for the job. All right, scratch. I don't think he'll be given um, that many opportunities um, ahead, like as a starter. Like I think he'll definitely be allowed to compete, but I don't think it's any given that he does start, and I don't think it's any given that he is good when he starts. Same thing for like Isaiah Spiller as a in the backup role, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in yeah. in that regards, like. Uh, I really, really trust draft capital in that. Like first round wide receiver versus fourth round running back. I mean, I'm taking the wide receiver every day. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue with that. All right, well, um, episode 241 coming up next week, and you, yeah, I, I guess, we will uh, see if Russ will be able <laughs> yeah, to attend that one. Uh, your dynasty handle because I don't have it memorized, and I'm a terrible host. What is at this point, everybody knows who you your dynasty handle. But go ahead. Yeah, my uh, Twitter at YZR underscore fantasy. And I have the same um, handle on TikTok. Go follow me because I just started. Do you have a SoundCloud? No, I don't. You Not do yet. not have a SoundCloud you want to promote? Okay. No. Couple, give it a couple <laughs> years. I'll be the best fantasy football rapper in the game. There you go. And I'm at DTC underscore Izzy E. Until next week. Bye.